This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. And we're back with Shrink Chicks. Back with Shrink Chicks. We <laughs> Before we started, we literally were just like, we need to get a new intro. And then we just did the same thing because we got nervous. We just don't know how to start the episodes. I feel like we talk about this all the time. Maybe somebody could write in and tell us. Ooh. how they think we should start I think it. we just have to have a day where we practice with each ones. other <laughs> don't you think maybe we'll have a glass of wine and just like practice just, intros does that sound like a sick day it sounds super that's, fun it's like the that's most like we have fun. a lot of time Emily Hi. hold on I'm sorry Emily just told me we have to buy a hundred dollar <laughs> clock so like a big clock so we can figure out when the how, the how long the, how long the okay. I was like who right. buys a hundred dollar clock Definitely not you. Definitely not me. Who would? Like someone who owns a gym probably. Right. But like. A hotel maybe. A a hotel. (laughs) A hotel gym. (laughs) What are those two things together? A hotel. Like. But. You only have this amount of time to be at this hotel. But if you find yourself being a perfectionist at everything you do, maybe you're parentified growing up. (laughs) Incredible. Great, great segue. So let's talk about parentification. Today we're talking about parentification. So parentification, I feel like you maybe hear this word and you're like, I kind of get what that is, right? Or I've heard it on our podcast and you're like, what's that? Right? Okay. So parentification is basically you were given either responsibilities 
actual tangible responsibilities like taking care of your siblings or parents or, or cooking food yes, maybe or emotional responsibilities like providing emotional support to other people in your life at too young of an age so you were introduced to these very adult like things so maybe you knew too much about what was happening in your family's financial situation mm. or, or in, in their love life right or sex in their life. relationship the, the term parentification kind of describes it exactly is yes. that you're expected to be a parent or you're expected to be an adult before you're ready so sometimes we'll ask clients what age did you stop being a child mm. and often people say 9 10 11 years old that i felt like i really all of a sudden was introduced to a ton of adult life. hey and this can happen especially if there is some type of unique atypical circumstance let's say you have a parent that got sick at an early age and mm. all of a sudden you had to pick up more responsibility for your siblings or there was um a death at an early age right like anything is a really difficult divorce anything is can lead on another one is adult children of alcoholics oh, right yeah if you had alcoholic parents Maybe you were responsible for making sure that they were sober to pick you up at school. Or maybe you were responsible to make sure that they were on their side at night. And, or you basically learned that in order to survive or in order to, like, emotionally thrive as a child. And children are very resilient. Like, they learn ways to survive when they don't necessarily feel like they have that safety in, yeah. their, in their relationship with their parents. So Absolutely. you might have learned very specific ways to survive and thrive in order to take care of yourself or take care of siblings or people in your life. So maybe you got amazing at time management. or Maybe you became incredibly organized so you could keep going with all these roles of being a student, of going to sports, of doing all this stuff, right? Or maybe you learn to shove your emotions just deep down inside <laughs> because you had to take care of other people's emotions or you saw, and I think another example is like if you have a sibling that needed a lot of extra support, right? Like that that would be a really good example if yeah. you... They had disability right. or, they, or they had some, you know, R mental health stuff they were dealing with themselves. Right. And you could recognize, okay, my, my parents have a lot on their plate. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm the good child. Or I'm going to make sure that I take care of myself so I'm not putting any extra stress. That's another way. And, and a lot of this happens indirectly too, right? Like it's not like our parents are... Um, attempting to parentify us. Sometimes that happens if they haven't done their own emotional work. Um, but I think it so often happens with difficult life circumstances. So as we'd say, that's kind of the way the cookie crumbles, right? That's what set the dynamic. And there's some reasons of why this could start to be maybe problematic in adulthood. Oh, yeah. Well, first, let me ask, when do you feel like you stopped being a child? I, wow. I know. You know what? I have been, Jen knows, I have been like redoing a therapy journey for myself mm. recently. Like, so in the past six months, I started with a new therapist and I was deep diving into some family stuff I had going on that also got brought up from my dad going through and almost dying from COVID. And so there's like a lot, I've been doing a lot more work. So I probably a year ago would have answered that saying like maybe i don't know 12 mm -hmm. now it's, get, it's getting younger <laughs> it's getting younger, it's getting younger. <laughs> now i was also someone who hit puberty very young and was treated always looked much older than wow. they were so well, that's was, another that is another thing mm -hmm. to mention so i think i was always treated much much 
older yeah. than you were because of yeah, that. Yeah, I do. Wow, that makes sense. Right, okay, like how old were you the first time you got cat called? Like last year. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been last year. You have a different body type, right? <laughs> so I, like that's like a really like serious thing. Like I had uh, boobs at like oh, 10 yeah, years I old. Didn't. I had boobs at like 20. <laughs> Still looking for them. Well, yeah. <laughs> But, like, right, so, like, it's just different, right? So I had this different do- yeah. body type. I think I was treated much older. Yeah. Um, I think I also came off much older and, mat- and mature. I also, like, really liked adults to like me. One, in general, because I was a people pleaser, but I also, like, really wanted adult attention. Were you the kid in class that was, like, a teacher's pet? I well, was you- a teacher's pet. I wanted to, like, be their friend. Like, I wasn't, like, sucking up to them. I was, like, want to hang out. Like, I, like, thought, like... <laughs> They wanted to hang I thought out they were, you. like, peers, maybe. Like, I feel like I had inappropriate boundaries with adults. <laughs> like, you were, like, going to, like, hanging out with the teacher instead of the kids. Yeah, sometimes. Like, I think that that was, like, a thing that happens. I would – I might have mentioned this. I would, like, laugh at any teacher's joke, like, so loud because I wanted them to They're feel like – Yeah, or and I wanted them to feel good about themselves. Yes. Like, I felt responsible for taking care of their emotions as a teacher. Yeah. Well, it's like that meme that's, like, any person who was a pleasure to have in class has anxiety disorder now. 100%. Right, and I, I actually think that's true. 100%. <laughs> I actually think that's probably it's accurate, definitely right? true. So, like, okay, wait. So, same question. How old were you? Okay. I always had this feeling that I was an adult stuck in a child's body. Yeah. Like, I believe that 150%. Yeah. Like, I really – and I felt like I had to, like, pretend like I was like a, a kid. Like a grandma. Like, like a grandma <laughs> stuck stuck in a child's body yes and so I almost felt like I so like I'm telling you really really young and I did not hit puberty early like I was treated like a child and I mean and by treated like a child like I wasn't given like a voice at all Mm -hmm. and so I think that that was really hard were you infantilized as opposed to parentified well, I think I think that there was no, like, recognition. I know I've talked about this, mm-hmm. of, like, my emotions or my thoughts. It's like, oh, you're just a child. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I always felt like a like I was an adult and that no one would hear me. So that's how I learned to shut down from mm-hmm. a very early age. Yeah. Okay, well, it's funny, right? So, like, so we just talked about, like, so there's parentification and infantilization. Like, where were you always treated like a child? Mm. Were, was everyone always, like, gentle with you and sensitive towards you? They weren't really to you. I know. It's so, confusing. Like, it's really a conundrum. Yes. I'm still on my therapy journey, too. Yes. I'll let you know what happens. Yeah. Well, stay we'll, tuned. We'll be dead by the time it comes <laughs> out. <laughs> That's how long we'll be in It'll be a long so, <laughs> so when you have this parentification, though, it can really start to come out in other ways. For me, it's control. Oh, it's so beautiful. I <laughs> and, love when you turn things into and songs. And functioning Right. Right? Like, you can see it in me how about this week do you want to talk about this week for me oh please talk about this week for you i just don't like it i go through a thing where like when i get stressed and like my friends can tell right like whenever i start like like i have like a million things that we like things that like people would celebrate too right like interviews and podcasts and like different stuff that everyone's like wow like look how good i'm like no 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 this is a trauma response <laughs> this is like let's not celebrate 100 percent, right like and my friends will be like you okay you've been real busy and i'm like yeah like no it's like not okay right so like because that's because that's the mode that I go into is I just stay super busy 
And the other way I can really, really, really see it in my relationship is, like, gatekeeping, like, with motherhood. Mm. Like, that I struggle because I feel like I was parentified in a lot of ways. Um, It has been very difficult to parent with someone else. I was going to ask, like, what – are there any ways that you're worried about parentifying Millie? It's hard. So right now, Millie's an only child. Right. So often, only children are more parentified simply right. because they're just around more adults and less kids. And, and there's yeah. like an expectation of like, oh, like fit in with us. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so fit I with our lifestyle. So there's certain things, right? So for only children, a lot of times are treated in a different way. Right. Like that. So, so yes. Do I get worried about it? Here's the thing that my therapist always says to me that I have to remind myself, which is that like, She's, she'll end up being fine. Like, she'll end up being a badass. Like, you, you do as much as you 100%. can, but you can't, like, prevent every single thing that happens. If I don't end up having another child, that wasn't from lacking of, of trying. Right. It's just that it didn't happen for us. Right. So you only do what you can do. But one of the things that I know that happens is, like, is for sure gatekeeping in parenthood. Mm. Like, I really felt like I just knew it so much better than my <laughs> husband. Like, I just had the maternal instinct and I knew what I was doing. And Is I that babies. true? Well, I also babysat my whole life. Because right? there's also a part yes. of, like, often for – you did not babysit. I, actually, did you? <laughs> I am in so much pain even thinking about this. Oh, my gosh. Did you babysit at I one point? I did. Well, it's like when you're – I find that hard to believe. I know. It was. I don't know why <laughs> anyone – okay. <laughs> I don't know why anyone trusted me with their child. There was this one time I was – no, 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 I would trust you. I just don't know why you would ever say yes to it. Money? I guess that's true. <laughs> pay for that $100 clock. But exactly. I got to pay for this clock. <laughs> got to pay for my wife. She wants a clock. She wants a $100 clock. I got to babysit. Um, no, but there was this one time I babysat and there were like dogs and, and the kid <sighs> had this like ball and was just like, and the dog was scary and the was just waving the ball around and the dog was like jumping at it. And I was just sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Like, I hope nothing bad happens. So just total, you just lean back and see what happens. I was just like, I hope this works out. It did. The kid's <laughs> it fine. fine. The I mean, kid, they're dogs, right? And the, the kid's kid. alive. Wait, should we check and see how they maybe, are emotionally? Maybe. <laughs> yes. But here's the thing. Okay, see what Jen just did? Oh, my God. That's such a great intro, okay. right? You're welcome. That's what parents will say, right? Well, you didn't get hurt. Right. Right? That's the number one thing parents will say. When you go back and say, hey – Right? Like, you really treated me like a dirt alive. Or I knew all this stuff. Like, sometimes I'll ask people, like, in session, like, so, like, what did you know about your family's financial situation? And people will, can sit there and tell you everything or nothing. Or if, <laughs> if, if in session a client is telling you about their story, right? If you say, when did you find all of this out? Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of, a lot of clients will say, like, oh, I knew while it was happening. Like, I knew what was happening. Um, and, and then we go into, like, well, how did you process that? Like, who did you talk to about that? How did you deal with that? And um, they say nothing. They say I had no yeah. one to talk to or I had no yeah. one to, you know, process through that with. And I think that that's another part of it. Like, the, once again, the emotional pieces of I had to deal with that myself because mm-hmm. my parents were going through so much. Mm-hmm. Right? I had to hold that in. There was no one I could turn to. And that's a part of parentification is – Feeling like we have to, as children, deal with our emotions on our own. Like, we don't have yes. anyone we can turn to. Um, it doesn't necessarily feel safe because of what's going on in their relationship or what's going on around them, the stresses that they're dealing with. Um, and so I think that in adulthood, as adults, it's we can think about, okay, wait, was I parentified? Because I think that we think about parentification and 
these very extreme ways, right? Like uh, my parents neglected me or like yeah. they. It, well, this binary way. It was right. all good. It was all bad. Right. And, and the reality is, is like that's never true. Right. It's never 100% of one thing or the other. But I think especially when we're first starting this work, it feels very much like that. Absolutely. Right? I have to say, Em, that headband is so cute on you. Well, you know where I get it from, where I get all of my hair accessories from. Do edit. My favorite place on earth. And, okay, anytime I feel like you're wearing flats or a headband, you get the same question, right? What is it? Is it comfortable? <laughs> because, Are they comfortable? Yes, because historically, flats and headbands have not been right. Headbands can be really painful. So, spoiler alert: it's amazing. It's curved perfectly. It's super lightweight. I'm obsessed with the colors that she puts out. But the thing is about the duet: you have to like buy fast because they sell out of every so design quickly. Okay, but here's the thing: I have a weird head shape. Okay, it's try like it very on. tiny. Come try it on. Okay. How's it look? Okay, you're adorable, dude. It's perfect. And it actually fits very nicely, yeah, even though my head wonderful. is very, very tiny, like absurdly small. So there you go. Say goodbye to bad hair days with Dew. Spice up your daily wardrobe with a fun scrunchier hair accessory. Use one-time code SHRINKCHICKS for 15% off your first purchase with them at doedit.com. And please do yourself a favor and subscribe to their newsletter. All newsletter subscribers get early access and front-of-the-line priority with exclusive access to shop all of their drops first. Do it. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing, it's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. 
ingredients. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. hard to admit that your parents are imperfect people I think and by imperfect really, people I, I mean, feel like some people go straight to destroy their parents I think it's one or the other <laughs> like don't you think that there's some people who keep themselves from like even touching those pieces oh. and they're just like oh no everything was great it was fine right well and you know right because those are the clients that come in the first session and they're like why don't we want to talk about my childhood it has like my to, child was my childhood was fine it has nothing to do with this and you're like well well, we're always skeptical. We're always skeptical. We're always skeptical, right? Because there's always something. Your parents are imperfect. Well, and there's also a story you've told yourself about your life. And that story is that my parents were never there for me or my parents were always there for me, right? So like the story we continuously telling ourselves, it makes an impact because that everything can turn into confirmation bias around that. If no one was ever there for me in my childhood, I maybe could possibly automatically assume that no one's going to be there for me in adulthood. Right. And if no one's going to be there for me in adulthood, well, then why would I let anyone in? Mm. Why would I open up to my partner? Why would I be vulnerable? Why wouldn't I take on all the parenting duties? So it's also when we put someone in a catch-22 where I am begging for someone to show up for me but I don't actually allow myself to be taken care of in any way you protect yourself I need to right because yes. because if the narrative is no one else is going to take care of me no one else is going to protect me I'm the only one who can do this it's hard to let people in absolutely especially when it feels like survival right so like when it feels like well if I don't do this who's going to I have to work a million hours this week because my partner may not or my partner can't maintain it just oh. <laughs> okay what stop looking s- at me like that <laughs> I was just gonna say what am I gonna say to you that I have to work a million hours this week and that has nothing to do with Aaron of no, course no, it's just like no. that and right but it's this thing about it's like control, right? Because that's one thing. I, I think can we control. both have this issue. We both, but it's from different reasons. A hundred percent is more of the control parentification, right? What's yours? Mine is I am the only one who can do this. Like I have to take all of this on myself. Because what will happen if you don't? What's the fear? I think I just assume that no one else can do it. <laughs> like no one else can do it for me. Is that ego? It could be ego, but I also think it was, you know, not feeling like I could rely on anyone else. Yeah. And not that, you know, I think maybe emotionally or just in general, like I very much learned to keep my emotions internal Mm -hmm. because there wasn't space to be able to express them externally. And so I think that, you know, I learned whether it's with that. And I also think feeling like an adult in a child's body, (laughs) I was like, I have to put on this persona. Yes. Okay. Um, And so, but I think... 
both of us very much have that in different ways. I agree. But I think it's helped our business a lot. Well, it's, <laughs> it's this funny thing, right? Because so we started this business seven years ago. Yeah. And we DIY'd everything. Everything. The website, <laughs> the branding, the wording, the brochures. When, when we say we literally feel like no one else can do it, we didn't let anyone help us. We it also isn't had no money, though. Right. So, like, that part wasn't control. We had That's no money. Fair. That's fair, We yeah. didn't. We never took out loans to do this because we were too scared to do it. We were young. You know what I mean? Like, there was a part where it was like, at what? here's the issue, though, right? So, at the beginning, it wasn't problematic. We did what we could with what we had. Right. The shift was when we had the finances to and get didn't. help and didn't. And now the shift is happening the where we buy $100 blocks. <laughs> The shift is happening too far. <laughs> and we got to shift it back. We got to tone it down. I do. We still buy nothing. Fair. We still literally buy nothing. Okay. We yeah. have, we're going to turn into a financial episode. We're going to turn into a financial episode of our own relationship. <laughs> but so the shift, right? So when that shift happens, it goes from what is doing the most with what you have Versus what is over control? How do you start to look at that for yourself, right? This is a big thing we talk about in parenthood. When you, at the beginning, obviously my husband can't nurse the baby, right? So I'm going to breastfeed the baby. Right. But why am I not then giving her up for him to then burp her and change her next? Another way, I'm going to pull it pull it down this yes. way. Another way it can show up is if you were parentified as a child and whether you were taking care of siblings or you were taking care you were taking care of a lot, you might be burnt out as an adult and have no no interest, interest in, parenting. in parenting. I've already at parented all. everyone in my life. Yeah, I'm done, right? I have already parented everyone. I've been doing this for forever. Right. You're like I am not going to do this anymore. I'm going to and also now you have control over it, right? Like you can make the choice yes. to say I'm not going to parent anyone else, right? Because that, I'm burnt out at this point. But that, but that's not problematic. No. That's like a great decision for yourself to sit here and say, you want to know what? I always followed the rules. I did what I had to do to survive as a child. And this is the choice I'm making for adulthood to give myself the life I never got to right. do, right? Because the cool thing about that and the cool thing about starting to identify this is not like, well, fuck, now I just hate my parents and what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. The cool part is you can take action. You can do something different, right? And that's the point. I mean, the point of therapy and our podcast and learning about your mental health in general is to take things from being more subconscious to you or things that you don't know to make them more conscious. When things become more conscious, you can take action on them. Yes. You can make changes in your life. Sometimes we just repeat patterns that are subconscious to us because it feels comfortable for our psyche. And so to be able to change these patterns in your life, because another thing that might happen if, without you being conscious to it is that if you were parentified as a child, when you become a parent, you might be parentifying your child because yeah. you're like, well, this is what this is how my parents parented me. My parents made me do my laundry starting at 10 years old. So it's not a big deal that I'm asking him to do his laundry at 12. Right. Or it might be like, OK, I'm asking you to do something smaller. But like you don't know what I had to deal with growing up. Right. right? I think that it's, happens is, it's a such lot. such a hazing thing. It is a it's, hazing thing. Right. Like this idea of like, well, you don't know how bad I had it. And well, that's true. Wait, you should coin a new term. Parental hazing. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like a real thing, right? So this idea of like, you know, you don't understand how bad I had it. This is nothing compared to what I have to do. It doesn't actually, that is bullshit. Right. 
right? That's still real pain someone's experiencing. That's still real loss someone's experiencing, even if it's not as bad as something you had. And it's just, it just means that maybe your parent hasn't done the work, right? Like hasn't made the conscious effort to say, how, I'm sorry. <laughs> there was a, there was a bug. She just clapped a fly <laughs> in the middle of this recording. I was just you going, couldn't have going, let that go. I was going cross-eyed. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I thought was that a control thing? Just, I don't know. Wrapped into this I don't somehow? know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, we could turn that in. I was and now, and now this episode bugs. you have to watch on YouTube <laughs> because you can watch Jen go cross-eyed and kill and a bug. Kill a bug. <laughs> so now remember to check us out on YouTube. Okay. No clue um, what I was talking about. Any idea? Nope. No. Okay. But so let's wait. So let's talk a little bit about what the hell we're supposed to do with this now. Right. So as you become more conscious of it, how are you supposed to tackle this, right? It's not just like you become conscious and you're pissed off at your parents for the rest of time. That doesn't really do anything. But I mean, you can, it's nice to have a pity party. Yeah, you can process yeah. Like, process it. Like, yeah. be a little pissed, you right? Can pity, Let yourself feel it. You can pity them party. Let's do that party. And then recognize at what point you want to take action right right like let yourself feel it maybe there might be some grief that comes with that maybe you have to grieve the childhood that you wish that you had that you didn't have to be able to acknowledge this and say okay yeah there was a lot put on me like I had to deal with a lot there was a lot I had to process and I wish that my childhood looked like this but it didn't and so maybe there's a little grieving that comes with that maybe there's a little anger or some sadness so letting yourself process through some of those difficult emotions might be important before taking action then we got to take some action and then the action that could come after that grief is some of that inner child work of letting yourself be a kid let's say that my parents completely forgot my seventh birthday maybe i want to throw myself a seventh birthday party and i want to have balloons and bubbles and a craft station okay and a snow cone machine you just want to have this party now i was just going to say well what would your if you were to throw yourself the best party ever the best like child party what would it look like so it would involve water. That's very big for me, right? Oh. So it would like be like a pool Like party. a dunk tank? No, that's scary. <laughs> I don't want that. That's a lack of control. Somebody throws a ball and then Oh, yeah, not great. Right. And then no. everyone runs up and just yes, pushes it. Yes, I don't it. like that rude. idea. Yeah. No, I would have probably like a pool party that we're running around and there is no body image, right? So for me... Part of that parentification was also being highly aware of my body at a mm. young age because of puberty and because of weight. And so that also takes you from not being a kid, right? Do I allow myself to just jump in the water and play in the sand? Right. Or no, because I'm really busy hiding my stomach. I see. So I think for me, it would be like a totally body positive pool party. That would I be my love, ideal party. That is beautiful. I mean, I could, and I could do that, right? It's so like that's the. The thing, as an adult, I can make that happen for myself, right? Yo, I am ready for that party. Yeah, I mean, we should do it. I'll bring that it. That would actually be, like, the coolest meet and greet. Why don't we do that? COVID. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Oh, yeah. But, so, so you can start to do some of that inner child work. You can start to say, what is the stuff I did not get as a child that I really, really wanted? How do I give that to myself now? How do I give myself that silliness that safety that security those temper tantrums those, right. if i had to, if i was in a house where i had to be very reserved with my emotions maybe it's really important for me to have a lot of space to have temper tantrums and meltdowns let now. yourself feel it mm-hmm. and i think that that there's a balance there right because i think that that it could also be something like if you swing so far the other way where you're like i you have ha- a correction 
Exactly. You're overcorrecting. And if you're like, I never got a childhood, so now I'm just going to act like a kid or I'm just going to live this out in my adult life um, to kind of manage that too, that Mm -hmm. that it's not something that starts affecting your relationships or like, for example, if you never got to play or do anything, if you're just like playing video games 24-7, right, without kind of putting boundaries up for yourself right so it's well and maybe we look at it as like how do you allow yourself to be a child while also giving yourself the boundaries that would be healthy in a parent-child relationship right Mm -hmm. so reparenting yourself by saying okay I'm going to let myself be a kid but I'm also going to give myself these healthy boundaries because boundaries are safety for kids right they help kids feel safe so how do you create that for yourself so that you can do these things you can be fun you can be silly and you can also set these healthy boundaries for yourself a really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if i let my hair dry natural it is a frizzball mess which is one of the many reasons i absolutely love pros i truly never thought that i would be able to embrace my natural hair texture Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I have felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil, keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks. So, and then the next thing you can really think about is we want you to think about starting to quit your job whatever your family role is so if you're the peacekeeper in your family it's time to write the two weeks notice if i am and i'm like you should write the two weeks notice out you should totally that's like a great therapeutic technique right what were what were the skills i got from this job and why have i outgrown it it's time for me to resign what would i like to improve upon how does this how does this job affect me now how is it how because when you were growing up there might have been a reason for that role right like once again kids are very resilient they learn specific ways of survival and so maybe peacekeeping was your way of surviving like maybe that was your way of feeling like you had to keep the family together or feeling like you had to diffuse conflict that might not be working for you anymore yeah right like that might be something now where you're muting all of your own feelings in order to take care of others or maybe you were the family scapegoat and you got in trouble for everything and everything was always pinned on you to say that's a story other people wrote about me that doesn't have to be my story so we want you to think about what is my role in my family and how do i want to start to resign from this now the next thing that you can really start to do 
is how do you start to learn to accept support and let go of control? This is something that's been huge for us in the past year. Huge. We are finally accepting I'm really support. proud of us. We've done a lot and we still have a lot to go. We said something the other day to each other. We were like, do we need to hire another person? Yeah. And we're like, we do. <laughs> right? And like, and it was, well, you were very resistant. Was I? You didn't like it initially. And then five minutes later, you're like, oh, yeah, we do. Like, you always take a few minutes. It, always. You're a processor. I, yes, I yeah. always need to process mm-hmm. things. Yeah. It's hard for me to just, like the clock. Maybe after this, I'll be like, yeah, let's get a clock on the wall. You are never going to let me buy a $100 no, uh, but Never. I, but Jen, if I find discount codes, this is what I do with Jen. When I want something. She's good. And then I'm like, but how many discount codes She's like, I'm really like good at finding codes. Actually, though. my wife. <laughs> I'm great at couponing. Really good at couponing. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, if I want it. I find it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, we find we have finally asked for help, which I think was really hard. But that's and good, very uncomfortable. To, but re- because actually, getting the help isn't what's uncomfortable. It's the giving up the control and someone doing it differently than you, even if it's just as wonderful. It feels so uncomfortable and disruptive. Because once again, growing up maybe it was not safe to ask for help, yeah. right? So your mind is saying to you, don't ask for help. It's not safe. You are the only one you can rely on. Mm-hmm. And so that might not be working for you anymore. And it's probably not true. There's probably <laughs> so many people in your life that you can reach out to, can ask for help, who will be there for you. And you can create safety in those relationships. And you can also heal some of those wounds to be able to reach out and have your support system be there for you in your times of need. And one of the things people often say is like, but it takes me just as long to teach someone else than for me to just do it myself. In which I would say, true, but how much longer will you last at this rate? You're going to get burnout. <laughs> right? So it's true. That's the thing. Is like when you're on this over-functioning autopilot, it, it does feel easier to go that way because right. the avoidance of doing something different, it's easier to stay and go really fast in the lane that I'm in than to switch a lane and possibly have to move around in a right. different way. But it doesn't mean it won't be so much better for your long-term quality of life, right? And that's also when we have to start to talk about how do you care less? And that doesn't mean you have to be careless in the relationships around you. It doesn't have to be mean you're careless um, care in your, in your job. Care hyphen less. Yes. Is there no? A, actually, no, there's no. <laughs> sorry. No, hyphen. I, I, don't, don't, I don't know. I love a nice semicolon. Okay. Um, <laughs> but this idea of like, okay, so here's here's like an example, right? I always take care of cleaning the floors. This is not true in my house for the record. No, we have a Roomba. But (laughs) um, I always take care of cleaning the floors because when my partner does it, they're so bad. It's just easier for me to do. Well, is it that bad? Is there a little bit of crumbs, right? Like what is really the situation and what can you choose to give up? And maybe it won't be as perfect perfect or maybe it right maybe it won't be the way that you want things done and maybe you have to adjust that as well maybe we have to learn to be okay with things a little bit more messy and a little bit more complicated and a little not so streamlined at the beginning in order to accept the growth that comes with that right because then you're allowing someone else to help you you're allowing someone else to be there for you and in the end, that is growth to be able to let and, – and if it's your partner, to let your partner in and say, okay, how can I let some of this go so that I 
can let my partner be there for me. Yeah. Right. As opposed to holding on this control of I need things done in this very specific way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. That that in and of itself can be a trauma response. Yeah. So with all that, let's let's do Dear Jen and M. I love it. I'm so excited so for Dear Jen So here's our new segment, Dear Jen and M. We're going to read um, a letter someone wrote into us. And it's completely separate from the topic that we're talking about. It could link back, but I, we're not going to find out. We haven't talked about this yet, for the record. We just got the letter. And so we're going to read it out, and then we'll talk about it together. Okay. Recently, and all of these... Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) I I apologize. Still working on this. (laughs) All of these are kept anonymous, by the way. Dear Jen and M, recently my boyfriend and I have been spending all of our free time helping our families through various life events. Moves, death, birth, literally everything has happened five months in both of our families. This leaves us feeling exhausted, which is communicated very clearly to our friends when they ask us how we are. These friends in particular are married and live hours from their families. They also aren't that close to them and might visit them three times a year. Our families are within an hour of us, and we are just family-first people. These friends will ask us to hang out nonstop, which is sweet, but in this season of our lives, invites or asking to hang out actually causes me more anxiety. They're also the types who want to schedule all-day activities and are always extremely late. How do we handle this? I would love for our friends to know that they are loved, but we really do not have anything to give right now after expending all of our energy elsewhere. I know you have an answer to this. Well, first of all, I think that one of the things that comes up a lot, whether I'm talking to clients or whether I'm I'm hearing some of these letters, is that the way in which that person just described this was very vulnerable yeah right and there was just such a level of vulnerability in it that i think is like you can really connect with that well it's radical honesty right i have nothing left right it's not that i don't love you it's not and i think it's easy for us to get stuck on the right because and you saw the person starts doing the letter they started to say like you know well it's an all-day event and they're always late but right. that's not really it because there's probably a time in your life that you didn't care about that right what it's about is i am so depleted all of my energy is gone and this is just where I am right now that's all I have I think there's an assumption too right like okay my friends know that I'm going through this and so there's an assumption if they know then they should know that like we can't hang out when that's not actually necessarily the case like your friends might believe oh maybe they need a distraction from some of those things right like maybe we should invite them over give you some joy right maybe we can give them some joy but we all process things differently um and it sounds like for this person you guys really need time for yourselves you're too overwhelmed and you need some of that separateness from people and i think being able to express that in the vulnerable way that you were able to express that in that letter is so essential when you're talking to friends and i think we often so often want to be the peacemaker or play nice or say um yeah like absolutely like let's hang out like let's find a time right like oh yeah like let's and we plan it far into the future emily and i do this all the time with work stuff we plan it far into the future so we're like okay maybe then like i'll be okay but like usually you still have a lot of shit going on you're still overwhelmed and so to be able to say your friends hey listen I have so much going on in my life. I feel very overwhelmed. Like, I miss you so much. I just do not have the space right now to hang out with anyone. I just have too much on my plate. 
and I think you would say, right, so they said something really important where like, they want their friends to know they're loved and that they love them and they miss them. Right? And you can say that. Right, to say those things of like, I know you guys have been trying so hard. I love you. You mean so much to me. And it means so much that you've been trying so yeah. hard. It like really means so much that you guys are reaching out. Really do want to see you at some point. This is just a lot right now. Yeah. I'm so overwhelmed. It has absolutely nothing to do with you. Yeah. And when I'm ready... I will initiate that hangout. At the end of this, we're going to have a big party. But also, it, you do start to hit that stage of life where that um, the roles switch, where mm-hmm. we're all of a sudden <clears throat> taking care of our parents more, maybe, or taking care, or our parents are taking care of their parents, or so we're taking care of them, right? Yeah. So, like, there's this role switch that happens that things get real and overly responsible, and, and it becomes hard to balance it all. And that transition of that launching phase, maybe out of my 20s into my 30s and 40s, can really shock us and can shock our friend group. Yeah, because, and I think that the just transitions in general through time with friends can be jarring. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And, and it can often feel like a rejection a lot of the time. Like our friends can be like, okay, if this is changing, there might be some rejection here. They don't like me or they don't want to hang out with me. And I think that friendships change over time because our our lives change over time, right? We're all going in different directions. I think the important part is that we stay connected through vulnerability. Yeah. Well, it, and it's interesting to ask yourself, how would you feel if they didn't invite you and you saw it all online, right? Right. I wonder if that would hurt as much. And maybe it wouldn't. Maybe you're fine with that. And that's something to you know. But people are trying to include you, which is this beautiful thing. But I, I understand how overwhelming that can be to keep having to say no and to keep having it feels like you have to keep asserting yourself and then people are kind of maybe pushing your boundaries a little bit which you might already be struggling with with your own family right and I like what you said though that you say I will listen I love you I will reach out when we're ready to like have these long hangouts um and if you want to stay connected in other ways or if you feel like you have the space to stay connected in other ways and truly ask yourself this like don't just do it out of guilt. Don't yeah. just do it out of fear. Right. So maybe what it is is, you know, those on those hour drives back and forth, you call your friends and check yes. in, right? Maybe you can't make it there for an in-person hangout, but you can leave them a silly message or, or something Or you can like send that. them memes. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite way of communicating. I mean, it really is the millennial way of communicating. It's the best. <laughs> it is the best. I love when clients bring memes in. I think it's hilarious. I, I me too. Like when they make references to yes, it when I they're talking about things. Good. It's the greatest. I'm like, yes, I know exactly what meme you're talking about. Yeah, right. Because the best one though is that figure that there's fire and it's like everything is fine. Right. Because we just feel that all the time. Yeah, often, often that's what we're feeling. That should be right? our new logo. <laughs> <laughs> no. That under it would have to say, don't take advice from us. Everything's on fire. Right. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> I like that. Maybe we could be like firemen putting it out. <laughs> wow, that's actually kind of good. I'm pretty creative. Yeah. So so uh, on next week's episodes of Shrink Chicks, uh, <laughs> putting out fires. I don't know. And making memes. We don't know. I can't remember. We have no clue. Maybe you'll tell us later. <laughs> All right. That's it. Listen, parentification. It is not your responsibility to take care of everyone. It is not your responsibility to be the peacekeeper in your family. And you can accept help. You can let go of some of that control. It is a lifelong journey. We will attest to that. But work on that insight and awareness to create that action. And we can't wait to talk to you next week on Shrink Chicks. Thanks for tuning in. If this was helpful for you and you think it might be helpful for someone else, send it on over, rate, review, and subscribe. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube.
Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.